Hello. Hi. I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome to this podcast doesn't exist. Welcome, friends. Once again, sorry. (laughs) COVID got me. (laughs) She lost the dodgeball game after two and a half years. It was the best dodgeball game I've ever played in my life. And I finally got, I finally lost. I finally got hit. I mean, at least you lost for a fun reason. Like, at least it wasn't just like, I was at the grocery store and some lady sneezed on me. (laughs) No. No. Thankfully, I'm okay. Everyone else who got it was okay. But the wedding that I went to in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, was a bit of a super spreader event. So, (laughs) whoops. Someone brought it. It wasn't me. But someone brought it to the wedding. I'm glad everyone's okay. And yay for people getting married. But that's not what we're here for, Emma. Emma, last week, reminded us that we are entering spooky season. But I'm here to remind you that sometimes nothing is as terrifying as real life. Yeah. And the outdoors. (laughs) Yeah. So if you are an outdoor cat, and now that it's nice and crisp outside, uh, and you go hiking... Just be careful, okay? This one, I, I'm very proud of this episode, but it's also pretty freaky. So this one, when we first posted it, was like almost immediately, at least three of our friends were like, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts. Like Christian Christian sent us a Marco Polo that was 10 minutes long <laughs> explaining his thoughts on what, he, on what had happened. So um, if you've got any of those thoughts, let us know, but send them our way. Enjoy you know, two outdoor cats, which we are not. Yeah, uh, I was like, I'm enjoying a, the outdoors. <laughs> Don't try and say that we're outdoor cats. We're we are not. not. We are, as, as my husband has told me before, I want to be an outdoor cat, but really I'm an indoor cat that just really loves the bubble backpack. Yeah, like we are indoor cats that like sitting by the window and watching the outdoors and we think we want to go, but it's aesthetically pleasing. We yeah, I just anyway, be safe. Maybe don't listen to this one on a hike uh, unless you're very brave. I don't know. But yeah, and we'll be back next week with some fresh, new, knowing Emma, probably terrifying content. Yay. Hello. Hi. I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. (laughs) We've been trying to start this podcast for like five minutes. Almost exactly five minutes right now. We are going through it. Yep. But I am very excited for whatever this topic is. If you haven't caught on by now, Shannon and I don't share each other's topics with each other before the podcast recording so we like surprise each other each time Mm -hmm. which i really love but shannon gave me some accidental hints (laughs) you say accidental Uh, but i think it's part of just a long con yeah that and you freaked yourself out i'm building (laughs) anticipation which hopefully with what we just did those aren't words, but hopefully you're excited to know what it is. But first, Emma. Yes. We have housekeeping to get to. Yes, we do. So you should uh, follow us on all the places. We now have a Facebook and a Twitter. And 
an Instagram. And Instagram is mostly where we live because this, you may be able to tell, uh, is going in your ears. And we can't show you pictures through your ears. We're, we think we're good, decent storytellers, but... You know, if you want to see the stuff for real, you should go and follow us on Instagram. At this podcast doesn't exist. And we link to all of our stuff in our link in bio, including what, Emma? A bingo card! And if you want to play that bingo while you listen, feel free because there are some things on there that you can get your bingo with that we'll probably end up saying during the podcast. So it's fun to play. I have played it now and I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, yes. yes. And if you have any ideas of what we can put on that bingo card or you have a topic that you want me to surprise Shannon with or you want her to surprise me with, go ahead and email us at thispodcastdoesn'texist at gmail.com. Um, I'm still looking for diner orders. I am still looking for all of your ghost stories, any time travel stories you've got, any portal stories. Thank you, Haley, for sending me that TikTok about portals. What's up, Shannon? <laughs> well, I just I just had the realization we don't read if they if we think it might be a mailbag email, we don't read them. We just tag them as to which one of us is supposed to read them. So if it's just a topic suggestion and not a story you want read on the podcast, maybe put that in the subject yeah. line like topic suggestion, request, etc. <laughs> We also take DMs and things like that. So it's just however we accept them. However you feel you want to, to contact us. Pigeon. Smoke signal. I honestly, if you sent me a pigeon, I'd keep the pigeon. Oh. I wouldn't go to your house. <laughs> They're the rats of the sky. I know. It's okay. I'd clean him. Penny would probably end up accidentally eating him anyway. But. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, Emma, did you have anything to share about the hints that you feel like? Oh, Shannon sent I me. Disclosed. Shannon sent me first a text that said, "I have spooked last my, night." Last night, it's me. Come uh, on. I, she said, "I have spooked myself out," and I responded with, "No spooky?" Question mark exclamation point. And then she sent me a Marco Polo. Of her just going, I am so scared. <laughs> I don't know why I did this to myself. I'm not okay. God, I'm not okay. I did it to myself, though, so I shouldn't be able to complain, but I'm complaining anyway. <laughs> yeah. So my guess today is that it's going to be a spooky. I mean, yes. Is it? Okay, here, I'll ask a couple questions, and then you can go. Okay. And you feel free not to answer. Okay. She probably won't answer you guys. <laughs> Is it murdery? Eh? Uh. Ghosty? Eh? Uh. Uh, missing personsy? Uh? Historical? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> if you enjoyed that, um... Uh... Buckle up! Ooh, do I have anything specific I need to buckle into, or is it just a um, buckle into the ride situation? Pull down the bar. Yeah, and pull get down the bar. In. You might want to have something to hold on to. Would you like to check my bar while you're screaming? And push it further into my stomach, like no, the fourteen-year-olds that work at Bush Gardens. If you die, you die. <laughs> Put that on the merch. If you die, you uh, die. All right, I'm trying to give people. Not in, like, a cheating way like you do, because I feel like that was organic, but I don't think there are that many bingo cards organically in this, so enjoy those couple references. 
All right. Get more. Are you ready for Shannon's kind of stilted setup that will get us there eventually? Yeah. What if you were just like, no. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> skip it. You just skip. You just hear the door shut. <laughs> so, sound so, yeah. It's like, all right, well, Emma just left. I wrote, it's almost fall, y'all. Yay. I mean, I truly am very excited for cooler weather. I'm into this it. heat is not my friend. Not about it. Despite the decreased humidity, I, to nobody's surprise, am still not going hiking. It's awful. And also, this case did not help at all. Emma's <laughs> holding her face. This is definitely a lights on research topic for me. Uh, Emma is currently holding her face and rocking back and forth. <laughs> like a child. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Again, someday if we're ever a visual medium, you guys will be able to experience um, my amazing physical comedy. But also Emma's very bodily reaction. <laughs> my, my bodily anxieties. I can't, yeah. I can't not move. Do you have any thoughts or do you just want me to keep going my first thought is obviously somebody died while on a hike or (gasps) no oh i know what it is (laughs) all right well let's see (laughs) this is my attempt at being like movie trailer slash documentary narrator like over voicing guy i'm into it two young women two cell phones Seven attempted emergency calls, 88 cell signal checks, 90 photos, no answers. Oh my god, I know what it is! (laughs) Okay, this is not what I thought it was. Oh! Because I thought that it was going to be about the people who go missing in the national parks. Oh. But that's also, that's a cryptid theory, so. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Today, Emma, as you may know, and maybe you know at home, listeners, but today I'm going to share with you the terrifying case of the disappearance and deaths of Lizanne Froon and Chris Kremers, which I will say I learned about this by listening to another podcast. Yes. And either they did not go as deep down the rabbit hole or I just completely forgot everything other than the general overview. But y'all, there are 12 pages of notes. Whoa, girl. And only one of them is notes. <laughs> or is sources. What <laughs> <laughs> if only one of them is notes? Only one of them is notes. So the, rest the rest are sources. <laughs> the rest are sources and connect the dot picture games. <laughs> okay. But if you're not familiar, don't worry, because it's me. You know me. I'm going to give you some general background. Lizanne, 22, and Chris. (laughs) One of them's 21. One of them's 22. I wrote 22 for both of them in my notes. But that's fine. Uh, They were two recent university graduates from the Netherlands. And... These friends, they worked very hard. They worked in a cafe together. They saved up their money for six months to go on the trip of a lifetime. A six-week visit to Panama to see the sights, experience new cultures, 
volunteer with young children, and celebrate their graduation before returning to begin real life. Quote, unquote. Yes. Real life. Can't recommend. Mm. So the pair of Dutch women touched down in Panama on March 15th, 2014. That doesn't feel that long ago. I mean, it, it wasn't in the scheme of things. Yeah, but... It, like, it feels more recent than when people say, like, 2002, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was so recent. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, that was, like, no. nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the first two weeks of their trip went as planned as they enjoyed touring many of the common tourist spots throughout the country. On March 29th, they moved into their new host family's home in the city of Boquette, where they were going to spend the rest of their trip volunteering at a local school. Did they live in the same host family house? Yes. Okay. Together. Okay. At approximately 11 a.m. on April 1st, 2014, the young women set off on a hike along the Pianista Trail with the host family's dog, Azul, supposedly tagging along. Azul? His name is Blue? Yes. I love it. They traveled alone with no guide or other hikers, though their Facebook post from that morning mentioned that they had shared breakfast with two Dutch men that they'd met. Oh, that's interesting. But they were not identified. So wait, they're Dutch. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a very... F- this is like a nor I don't you probably don't know the answer no no one probably knows the answer to this it's do like I a, look like a, a, a booking Dutch agent tour guide. a travel agent it just feels weird that like they'd be in the same space at the same time that far away from the Netherlands it seems like a very specific place because Panama's not that big sure well I mean it, it feels like, weird yeah in the same way, my dad and his side of the family, they like to joke that the world revolves around Bogota, as in New Jersey, not Bogota, <laughs> but Bogota, because they, multiple people on multiple different, like, trips, both in the U.S. and, like, internationally, they'll, like, run into someone who, like, they live or used to live or their family lives, like, very much in the vicinity of where my dad grew up. Yeah, I know. It's wild. But don't get too excited, Emma. Okay. Because the Frenchmen, the Frenchmen, they're not French. They're Dutch. <laughs> so sorry. But um, you you did flying Dutchmen yes. together. Yes, I did. They're never identified. That's nor really frustrating. Did they come forward or... The girls did post about them on Facebook. Facebook. But it's not like they posted a photo of them No. Or okay. So... And I mean, if someone has access to your social media, they could, but it feels like a weird thing to post. Yeah. But it gets weirder. Don't worry. So their, their hike, Lisanne and Chris, their hike was supposed to take them through an area around the Baru volcano and the continental divide. The hike was supposed to take them around four hours to complete and was approximately four kilometers or nearly 2.5 miles long. That's not that bad for a hike. No. Lizanne and Chris, however, were never seen alive again. 
<laughs> Guys, I know this story, and yet it's still so panic-inducing. Azul, the dog, returned to Boquette by nightfall, but the women were nowhere to be found. So, the following morning, uh, April 2nd, 2014, they were supposed to have an appointment with a local tour guide that they missed. So, like, the dog coming back alone and the missed appointment tipped off their host family to, like, okay, something's going on. So they reported the girls missing to the National System of Civil Protection. At first, the NSCP didn't take the report seriously. And wouldn't get involved in the case for nearly four days. So, love that. I didn't know that. Oh, girly, you just, I told you to buckle in. Mainly because I feel like you're probably going to be, like, thrashing around in, like, frustration. (laughs) Turns out I actually do need someone to strap me into this chair. Restrain me. (laughs) The girl's parents quickly grew concerned when they didn't hear from their daughters for over two days. Because the girls had made a regular habit of texting their parents throughout their trip, despite the fact that they were in a foreign country. So clearly they had, like, paid for the international... SIM card, boopy-doo situation. So the parents were pretty concerned. By April 3rd, locals organized aerial and ground searches of the trail where they believed the women to have gone, but had no luck in locating any sign of them. Just a few days later, Lizanne and Chris's parents arrived in Panama to assist with and motivate the investigation. Dutch authorities and investigators actually accompanied the families to lend their expertise to the case, including bringing along tracker dogs who were trained to detect scent for up to nine days. Babies. They put those babies on a plane and said, we're going on a mission. The dogs did not find anything. Ugh. Although, now that I'm talking about this, I didn't read it in any of my sources, but I'm thinking back to, you know... Not our crypt king, but the other Tom King, chief archaeologist, on the Amelia Earhart search case. Yeah. That they brought sniffer dogs to that island as well, but the dogs were not used to the climate. Yeah. So if you're coming from the Netherlands to Panama, maybe that the dogs that would make, had some challenges. Yeah, that would make sense to me. I mean, it is it is April, so this in the seasons are very very different in terms of like. It's probably still, like, mud season in rainy the Netherlands and, and rainy and disgusting. Meanwhile, it's, like, rainy and beautiful in Panama and probably getting very warm. Sorry. You're doing the thing again. What? Where you speak with authority on I am. things that That's you my don't guess. <laughs> I, I will say a huge major shout-out to the website um, Imperfect Plan because this guy... I used three of his articles, and I skimmed the surface. Like, he goes in-depth. I'll get into it a little bit later. But he was researching rainfall, average temperatures, elevation, plant life, all these things. So, if you really want to know if Emma is correct about the weather, (laughs) check out the show notes. After five days of fruitless searching for the missing women, 
their parents offer up a $30,000 reward for any information. And there were, unfortunately, no helpful tips. One article did point out, though, that the local authorities were very quickly overwhelmed with tips. Yeah, the influx of everyone being like, oh, I know something. Well, because to put it in perspective... 30,000 is equivalent to about 500,000 in in a in a developed country. So in Panama, a local with $30,000 could buy land, build a house, and start a small business. Whoa. So everybody suddenly remembered something. seeing something and, you know, the authorities to the best of their ability you don't know who is just faking you out, so you have to due diligence and research it. A Dutch investigator that had come over with the parents also came forward and made a public statement stating, (laughs) quote, the women could not have simply disappeared from the trail. This was the first time that the theory of foul play was suspected or at least publicly acknowledged. Because at this point... The dogs haven't found anything. They haven't found not a footprint, not a missing belonging, nothing. No no remnant whatsoever. Poof. Oof. This was, yeah. So after days of searching with both local and Dutch authorities, nothing. Flash forward 10 weeks to the middle of June 2014. Lizanne's blue backpack is turned into the police. A local woman claimed to have found it on the edge of a riverbank near the unmapped village of Alto Romero, approximately five miles away from where the girls were thought to be hiking. And this distance is notable. Like, five miles in any case, unless, I don't know, you're like a super outdoorsy person. Five miles is a decent stretch of space. Yeah. Especially when you think about the fact that they are in the jungle. The jungle is dense. You don't just wander through. Like, you know, when I think of hiking, I think of, like, the Northeast in America. There's trees. Even if you go off trail, like, there's probably space between the trees. No. It's pretty dense out in the jungle. And you couldn't just wander off the path like the path is very clear and you wouldn't just wander into the rainforest without a reason yeah also this village is not even on maps so it's not like they were trying to get to it because they didn't know it was there because they've never been there before when the blue backpack was found everything inside was organized And perfectly packed away. The woman that found it claims that the blue backpack was not on the riverside beforehand. Therefore, it implies that somebody put it there shortly before it was discovered. This is the part that I hate. Inside the backpack, they found two pairs of sunglasses, $83 in cash, Lizanne's passport, a water bottle, 
a Canon SX270HS digital camera, two bras, and both of the women's cell phones. All just neatly tied up, placed inside. A forensic search of the cell phones, Chris's iPhone and Luzanne's Samsung Galaxy, revealed that the girls attempted to call 112, the international emergency number, and 911, the emergency number for Panama, beginning on April 1st, the day they left on their hike. The girls' phone records showed that they started making their initial distress calls approximately two hours and 45 minutes after their last known daytime photo, based on the timestamps from Lizanne's digital camera. Over the next few days, there were numerous calls placed to emergency services. Due to poor reception in the jungle, only one call is believed to have connected, but only for one second. Ugh, that's so frustrating. Four days after disappearing on April 5th, Lizanne's phone battery died and the phone was not used again after 5 a.m. So they're down to one phone. Between April 7th and April 10th, there were more than 77 failed attempts to access Chris's iPhone. Starting on April 6th, however, no PIN was successfully entered into the phone during the signal checks. So once they realized that they were not getting through, like their their emergency calls were not going to connect, they would turn the phone on, check the signal, check the time. And prior, you know, on the first couple days, the PIN got entered, the passcode got entered into the iPhone. But starting on April 6th, never again was a correct Mm -hmm. PIN entered. And some theorize that this indicates that Chris was either incapacitated or no longer alive at this point because it was either Lizanne or someone else trying Mm. to access her phone. And it was very interesting in the comments of one of these imperfect plan posts. Um, Contrary to most comment sections, this one was very, like, good discussion, polite, everyone's just trading ideas. And someone was like, it would be absurd for Lizanne to not know her best friend's phone password. And I was sitting there, I was like, well, I don't know Emma's phone code. I mean, she could probably guess mine, but I don't know hers. <laughs> like, Yeah, I think I could guess yours, but like, I, I don't even know my husband's. Exactly. And like, I know that he uses it for other things. Like, Asher has very, like... Or for our Xbox, like, it's probably the same passcode for his phone. But I could not tell you what those numbers are because I only know the motions. Ah. Uh, mm. So I'm like, I'm not paying attention to what the numbers are. All right. Well, this will never happen because we're never going to go on a hike in a foreign country, just the two of us. But if we ever get crazy and decide to do that, let's make sure we know what each other's passcodes are. We will know what each other's passcodes are. We will bring Each of us will bring a phone bank for charging. Um, There will be an abundance of food and granola bars and two bottles of water each, even if it's like a mile hike. (laughs) Meanwhile, I do like hiking. Like, Asher and I will go on hikes. 
Um, I have to be in the mood for it. It's not like I'll be like, yeah, I definitely want to go on a hike. But like, because Penny loves it so much, I think I get so much enjoyment out of watching her love it. And like, it's good enough exercise, but I would don't think that I would ever be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go for a two and a half mile hike through the rainforest. I have to have a goal. Yeah. Like we're going to walk around Burke Lake or like we're going to... Climb to the peak. Go to this specific climb back scenic. Down. Yeah, I, I can't. We once did uh, George Washington Forest or whatever. It's like it's fairly close to here, and there's no peak. It's just forest on hills, and so there was no goal. Mm-mm. And so there was one point where I literally I stopped Asher and I was like, we have to turn around. And he was like, what? Why are you okay? And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just bored out of my mind. I can't deal with this anymore. Like there's no goal. So I'm, I'm just frustrated now because yeah. there's no like, f- like finish line. Honestly, the best part of hiking are the snacks. What snacks do you bring on a hike? Like a good little sandwich. Oh, like okay. a PB&J. Where my when brain you, went was like when really you get dry to, granola bar. When you get to the top of the mountain or the hill or whatever. Yeah, she did a little dance, you guys. <laughs> I do my little dancey dance. <laughs> dancey dance. All right, well, <clears throat> back to the jungle. Mm. On April 11th, there was one final signal check on the iPhone after it had been switched on for an hour and five minutes beforehand. And then it was turned off and never turned back on again. It did have 22% battery left. Whoa. I did not know that. I thought it was dead. Every other report that I've heard about this, they're just like, yep, and I and it was never turned on again. My assumption has always been it's been dead. 22% is a good, like, I can play both of my games on my phone. <laughs> well, 22%. I will say this is also 2014, so this is not necessarily is like, true. you know, it's not a sophisticated number. Whereas well, I'm, and it's like that whole thing of, does it take more more battery to turn your phone, like, off and on than to just, like, leave it in airplane mode? Yeah. And, like, low battery mode? But, anyway. Um, after this final signal check, nearly 11 days after the girls went missing, there was no further cell phone activity on either phone. Examination of Lizanne's SX True 70 HS <laughs> digital camera. It sounds like it's some kind of... Like, m- salesman model for a vacuum they come to sell at your front door. Ah, the XX270. Yeah. An examination of the digital camera revealed 100 photos total from the time that the women departed for their hike until the camera was found. The first 10 were taken in daylight along the trail. They can be seen hiking the Pianista Trail right up to the lookout point before the Continental Divide. Even some of these seemingly normal photos face some speculation. But we'll get back to it. Oh, God. (laughs) She did it, you guys. She freaked me out. (laughs) Well, no. See, you're freaking out. My brain, I'm going, well, I hope I did get back to it in my notes. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be like, what about this? And I'll be like, oh, I'm check the show notes. <laughs> Those photos are from April 1st, the day that they go on the yeah. On April 8th, 
seven days after the women's failure to return, the camera showed a series of 90 nighttime flash photos taken over the span of three hours between the hours of 1 and 4 a.m. So only 10 photos on April 1st. Mm -hmm. And then how long in between? Seven days. These are things I did not realize. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Also keep in mind, April 8th, at this point, we've passed the, the pin number point. So no correct pin has been entered into the iPhone. Okay. The other phone is dead. The iPhone, we're turning it on to check the signal, but we can't get into the phone at this point when these photos start happening. The most widely believed theory is that the women were using the flash on the camera to help them navigate at night. Yeah, I've heard that one. Which we'll get into it further later. But why are you trying to hike at night? If you don't know where you are, just pop a squat, find a rock, sit on it. Unless something's motivating you to keep moving. A few photos show that they were possibly near a river or a ravine of some sort. Some of the photos show a twig with plastic bags on top of a rock. Another shows what looks like a backpack strap and a mirror on another rock. The strangest photo in the series seems to show the back of Chris's head with her bright red hair. Some people claim that you can see blood in the photo. So did Lizanne take the photo? Did someone else take the photo? (laughs) Of the girl whose phone we can't get into. At least one of the leaked images from this trip contained EXIF data implying that it had been shot on Chris's iPhone and not on the Canon digital camera. Oh. Even more suspiciously, one photo was missing from the camera. I was waiting for you to get to that. So as you, whether you're taking photos on your phone or on a camera, the images are numbered. You know, 500, 501, etc. In order. Photo 509 is missing. Strangely, or perhaps dangerously, this photo that's missing is located between the last normal daytime photo on April 1st and the first photo in the nighttime series on April 8th. (laughs) Emma just flopped over. She did not get strapped into her chair, so she has collapsed. This is like, you know, when people, like, pass out on roller coasters. They just fully bend over, and it's just, they're blowing in the wind. That's how I feel right now. Like the dancing guy outside the car dealership? Yes. No, that's too energetic, though. That's fair. But he is just going with the wind. He has no... But he seems excited about it. You just... That's fair. I'm not excited about this. I didn't know that. Just as for clarification, you guys, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. I have heard this story a couple times before, but the amount of detail that you're giving me right now, 
I was not given beforehand. Or at least I might have been and I wasn't paying attention, maybe. I don't know, but I feel like I've never heard that before. Well, and we're only on page 5 of 12, so here we go. All right, back to my spooky voiceover voice. Yes, sorry, go ahead. Photo 509 has never been recovered. (laughs) The image has been wiped clean, which could only be done by someone that's knowledgeable of hardware space allocation connecting the camera's card to a computer and manually deleting traces of the photo. There's a source in the show notes that goes into it a little bit further. It's called Lost Media Wiki, which I feel like that is a rabbit hole that I can fall down for future topics. Absolutely. But it gets into the technical, all the data and the... Maybe your mom would find it really interesting. <laughs> but yeah, because usually if you just on the camera delete it, there's a way to get it back. Yeah, it's because not truly it's deleted. like when you delete a photo from your phone... And it's like in the recently deleted file or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. So that's the phones and the camera, which sort of establish a timeline, but doesn't really give us much clarification. Mm. When the blue backpack of the missing women was discovered on the river's edge, investigators then had additional information to keep continuing the search. The backpack was discovered far from where the initial search was taking place. So they organized another search party. Chris's denim shorts were found atop a rock on the opposite bank of the tributary, a few kilometers away from where the backpack had been discovered. A rumor claimed that the shorts had been found eerily zipped and folded neatly, but pictures of the shorts published in 2021 disproved this information. They released photos? Apparently. I did not know that. Yeah, so it's one of those kind of like the, I feel like the more like Daily Beast kind of like Mm -hmm. fluff sites totally play up that element of like, her shorts were found and they were neatly folded and how creepy and what the heck. And then other sources are like, yeah, a local woman found them and like thought she was being helpful. Not realizing, like, she's tampering with evidence. And then, apparently, according to this source and the photos, I didn't find the photos. I didn't go looking for them. (laughs) Apparently, they were just, on a rock. Several other articles of clothing were found in the area, but they weren't left where they were found. So we don't have precise locations. It was like... I'm in a search party. Oh, hey, I found something. I brought it back to the start of the search. So we don't really have a good idea of where. Oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah. I would have I would have hoped they would have got, given them, like, a brief beforehand to be like, if you find something, do not touch it. No. Alert your leader. Whatever. Oh, my God. No. Which I wrote. <sighs> this is another strike against the authorities for this case who are commonly criticized for their shoddy handling of the investigation. Yeah. We'll get into it further. How you doing, bud? Do you need a pillow? I have one behind me. Okay, but do you need one for holding? I find that that helps me. Yeah, I can have it. When I want to cry. 
just, like, I know this story. It shouldn't be freaking me out as much as it is, but it really is. Do you understand why I needed to not? No, I totally understand This is it. the point this year is where I stopped last night. I totally understand that. it gets worse. <laughs> okay, y'all, Shannon just gave me finger guns, and I need to... Just one finger gun. One finger gun. You're, you're correct. Only one finger gun. <laughs> I only needed one. I'm not good of a shot. So I might cut this out, but I need to remind you of the fact that uh, my friend Lauren and her girlfriend both did finger guns in a conversation, and Asher brought up the... Is that a sign? Is that a sign that you're, like, gay? (laughs) It's like, yes, only the gays can use it. Yeah, we're in the alphabet mafia. You think we roll in these streets unarmed? And then the next time that I used finger guns against you, you went, hey, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not allowed. allowed. You might be my wife, but you're not allowed. (laughs) Not allowed. (laughs) All right. Well, that was a fun little interlude. Mm -hmm. Palette cleanser. Let's keep going, I guess. Hold on. Let me me check the script. Uh, What's my line? Oh, yes. I'm I'm so sorry. sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say it with you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. So, we don't know the precise location of these other clothing items, but they are found. So, searches continue as teams of both foreigners and locals continue to canvas the entire northwest area of Panama. Oi. Which, as Emma mentioned earlier in her expert uh, opinion... (laughs) Panama, not that big. <laughs> In comparison to the countries around it. I mean, yeah, compared to, like, Brazil. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's, it's Panama. We love you, Panama. <laughs> Do we have any listeners? I have no idea. Probably not. I don't know, but um, I want to go there. I don't want to hike, but I want to go. Okay. <laughs> Shannon might not come with. <laughs> Finally, two months after the backpack is found, parts of the two women's bodily remains are found. DNA testing confirmed that the remains are those of Lizanne and Chris. But here's the thing. Most of the time, well, some of the time, when missing persons are found, when their remains are found. Most of the time, some of the time. I'm not speaking with authority on anything. But when you hear remains, you think body. Yeah. Skeleton. Yeah. This was not the case. So the two primary things that they found were half a pelvic bone, which was determined after testing to belong to Chris, Mm. and a hiking boot containing the partially decomposed foot of Lisanne. And then I wrote in the comments, there is a photo But I refused to traumatize our listeners with an unexpected view because that's what happened to me on one of these blogs. Like, I'm just scrolling through. It's like, photo of the cell phone records, photo of the backpack, foot in a a boot. And I was like, no! Yeah, no thank you. No thank you. I appreciate you being so kind to me and our listeners. Yeah. But um, if you want to see it for scientific curiosity... It's in one of the sources in the show notes. Here's the thing, Emma. Mm. Weird, one, that they're not together 
their remains. Yeah. Either, like, the remains of bo- these women, it's not like they were found together. They weren't, yeah. But also, like, the They're remains of each person are incomplete. Yeah. The bones were also discovered a 14-hour hike north and past two rivers from where the girls were originally thought to have gone hiking. That is so long of a hike. In the jungle. For if, 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 especially if you don't know it, for you to just keep going. At one point, like, usually if you're, like, maybe four, eight, ten miles at the most, I would say, if you're really ambitious and you have enough energy, would you be like, okay, I think we're lost. Let's stay put and see what we can do. But, like, 14 miles is a very long way. And two rivers. That, yeah. In the rainforest. Oh, my gosh. Also, like, including these two significant discoveries, 33 scattered bone fragments were discovered spread over a large area. Even more creepy, though, is that testing revealed... That the bones belonged not only to Chris and Lisanne, but to three additional unidentified individuals. No. What? Mm-hmm. So, not only is it just pieces of remains of these two people, multiple people, none of them complete remains. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Guys... There was an attempt to kind of explain it. Uh, according to a spokesperson, these other, these mystery bones uh, were likely from a, quote, washed out indigenous cemetery. However, my buddy, imperfect plan, most of my research comes from his I articles. mean, obviously he's done his work. Truly. But the tribe that is closest to this area is known to be highly respectful of the dead. They utilize caskets... And they only bury the dead on dry land. So it's not like they're going to... They don't put corpses into rivers or to skeleton lakes, for example. They don't do that. So it's pretty unusual that these bones would just, like, end up on this riverbed. Yeah. If they were truly part of an indigenous tribe. Also, you would find more than pieces. Like, there would at least be, like... One bone that was a bit more, I was just about to say fleshed out. <laughs> it's not what I meant. I mean, but you're not wrong. Yeah. Like, one of, one of this guy's pieces goes very in depth and I really skimmed it. But there's a whole section about like natural decomposition of bodies yeah. and how. I would like, read that whole piece. <laughs> it's, yeah, you should check it out because. You're, you love a, a good death fact. Yeah. But it was talking about how, like, with your joints and, like, bones, there's usually, like... Cartilage or... Like... Tendons that help Yeah. On. Yeah. That was not the case with Chris's pelvic bone that was found. Well, let's keep going, oh shall we? <laughs> I, well, I keep trying to, like, tell you fun facts, and then I remember that I put the fun... Oh, uh, they have fun, a spot. They I have mean, a spot. Fun is not the correct, but, They're, you know... Um, boop a doop boop. So, a forensic scientist stated that there was no evidence of scratches on the bones that would be congruent with either animal involvement or natural decomposition in the river. Because 
if a body were to decompose and just be skeletal remains and it ended up in the river for a variety of reasons that we'll talk about, the bones would have scratches because there are rocks on the they riverbed. They rocks, so there's silt, there's yeah. like a constant currents and movement that will hit it at different angles. So yeah. all that abrasion as it's going downstream, that would be reflected on the bones. Yeah. Nope. That was not correct. Mm. <laughs> and then I wrote, even more suspicious, Lisanne's remains still had... I'm assuming this is referring not to the foot in the boot, because that's a little obvious. But I'm assuming other skeletal remains still had pieces of skin and flesh attached. They were considered relatively, quote, fresh. Uh. But Chris's were totally bleached and had chemical remnants of lime on them. Okay, I... They, they were they were taken they were killed they, that's just i'm sorry am i still have six pages nope. of notes we're, we're done oh all right <laughs> no bye everybody <laughs> thanks for tuning in i just i can't there's <laughs> continue guys she's put the pillow down she, the pillow wasn't helping her <laughs> expand maybe we should have switched like you could have been curled up on the couch like i do when you make me cry yeah but so also there are no natural lime deposits that was my next question nope not in the region and the area that we're in like yes some people are farming but like not in the area where the remains are found so it's not like there's, cause sometimes there's like phosphorus and stuff with farming related, yeah. like fertilizers and things, but it's not, not like they were found in a cornfield or whatever. Yeah, you know, they found in the, the rainforest. The equivalent is. Ugh. So only two bones from Chris Kremer's body were found. That piece of her pelvis, so her hip. Yeah. And a rib bone. Rib number 10. Oh. But both of them displayed bleaching and then i wrote <laughs> if you want an in-depth look <laughs> about the bones please check out imperfect plan i'll have to see if that blog has like an instagram presence because major shout out also he's fundraising for a trip to go to panama to like do to research to do more research into like conditions down there so if you're secretly a millionaire like first you should donate a bunch to us <laughs> So we can have like a real studio. But then you should support this this other case. But the chemical, as opposed to solar bleaching, because bones can get bleached in the sun if you think like yeah. tumbleweeds, Old West, like the, the cattle skull, like sitting yeah, in the desert. Yeah, it's how I make my kids white. Yes. Yeah, I, put, I scrub them with baking soda and I lay them in the sun. There you go. This is not what happened to no. Chris's bones. But the fact that they've been chemically bleached makes it nearly impossible for us to identify when or where she died because you know decompens why do i keep trying to say decomposition yeah <laughs> no i do not want to restart right now we were in the middle of a crisis thank you i need them to be right right too <laughs> well you have the audio power decomposition no yeah yes okay I think I keep trying to say decompensation for some reason. But anyway, decomposition is a key 
factor in identifying time of death. Yeah. In like every weird death situation. But we don't have any tissues. We don't have any... We don't have anything. Which I believe was the point. But again, we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. Also, something more disturbing was found. No! It doesn't get more disturbing. In late August of 2014, a large lump of Lizanne's skin was found... And was still in early states of decomposition. I'm sorry. A lump? Yeah. Was it like collected skin? You might not know the answer to this. Um, the the research seemed to indicate that it was more like a chunk of... <gasps> yeah. Evidence. See... <laughs> I'm laughing. breathing for a second. I'm laughing at Emma, not at the... You guys get it. Okay. Evidence seems to indicate that these two women likely died at different times due to the drastically different states of their remains. Yeah. Okay. And this is a quote from Imperfect Plan. Uh, Given that Lizanne's skin was in the... An early stage of decomposition, yet her remains were clearly disarticulated... We can confidently conclude that her remains went through an unnatural process. Inversely, to be in an early state of decomposition would imply that her remains should have been articulated. Yeah. So, kind of like what I was saying about, like, your tendons, your joints, they hold your muscles onto your bones, which means they're usually kind of like one of the last things to go when your body is returning to the earth. But her skeletal remains... Didn't have joints, but still were early decomp. So those two things don't match. So, next steps. When more evidence could not be found for the case, Attorney General of Panama, Betsaida Pitti, concluded that the girls had died from a hiking accident. Shortly after, the case was closed. Mm. But not all the evidence was investigated. Leads and suspects were never interviewed. Investigators knew that the official story was impossible. Quote, The official version of the story makes no sense, said Enrique Eroca, the attorney who represented the Kremers family in the case. Eroca's communication was also unusual at the meeting where this quote took place. He implied in his voice and body language that he was being threatened, but never identified by whom. He was accompanied by a bodyguard. Quote, It's almost impossible for the bones to be in this condition, said Oroka. And he pointed out that the lead forensic investigator had publicly speculated that lime might have been used to hasten decomposition. Does Panama have a mafia? We'll get to it. Ah! So, we're going to talk about some theories. So, we'll start with the theory that the Panamanian government went with, which is an accident. So, the elements of the region alone could have been responsible for what happened. Yeah, it's a fair point. You've got parasites in the water, toxic plants and fruits, venomous animals or insects, as well as starvation. All plausible causes of death for an inexperienced hiker 
if you've ever read the John Krakauer book Into the Wild about that kid who went into Alaska and died inside a, an abandoned bus because he did not have enough food. He was not prepared. He ate the wrong mushrooms. No. Actually. That was like the original speculation. Yeah. But I remember talking about it in our high school English class and like... I'm jealous that you guys got 11. to read that. Well, our teacher was friends with him. John Krakauer? No, with the, oh, the kid. With Alex? Yeah. Because That's wild. he lived down the street from her and he would oh, babysit. Your got it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Wait. Um, he would babysit her and her siblings. That's crazy. And she was close enough in age with him that she like they they became friends. And then Ooh. he like up and left it's and like then they found close that out. To comfort. Like right? I like I'm obsessed, as we know. I'm obsessed with Mount Everest, but I don't think I'd ever like like I don't think I'd ever want to meet like John Krakauer or any of the people that were there in nineteen ninety six. Like I think I'd be I would not have any chill and it was obvious like it was a deeply traumatic experience for them, so I like couldn't trust myself to be in this you know what I mean? Yeah, you'd be like, so how I'm I mean, like, please tell me everything. Tell me everything, but, like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to like, cry. But, like, also, like, at what point did you think, oh, my God, we're not going to live? Like, what? So. I'd like, just, I'd like to know when your life flashed before your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, was it in black and white? Was it, was there a soundtrack? Like, did was you, it highlights or did you go through the whole thing? Did you thing? hear your dead grandma, like, singing a song to you? Like, I just, I'm curious. <laughs> and y'all think I'm morbid. Like, <laughs> Fine, I'll save it for the cocktail hour in heaven. Yeah! Oh, uh, dude, that's gonna be such a great party. And we won't even have to sleep. No, we can I just would, keep going. I would <laughs> Although I don't know if we'd actually be able to get tipsy. That's lame. Maybe we could ask God about it. Maybe he'd be like, you know what? You can... I'll make you feel it Why without not? you having a drink. Yeah, Like, anyway. tipsy, but not drunk. Anyway, uh, all that to I'll say... I'll ask God. <laughs> all right. Um... All that to say, I can only go to people's lectures, not meet them in person. However, if any friends of the pod know somebody who has climbed Mount Everest in a not traumatic situation, would love to talk to them because or like gone to base camp. Yeah, I would. I, guess. I, I mean, that's as, I think that's as far that I would even be able to go. Yeah. So like, I want to hear about it. <laughs> like, is it cool? <laughs> is it worth it? Is it fun? Um, anyway, but back to today's morbid topic. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said before, some people claim that animal attacks could have been to blame, but our buddy, Imperfect Plan, goes into a whole analysis of like what predators in the area. Like he's doing math. He's like talking about like okay, how much uh, force would you need to snap someone's pelvis in half, essentially, which animals have enough, like, jaw bite strength in the region to accomplish this. And essentially, he's concluded, he's like, animals, not gonna happen. None of these animals are powerful enough to subdue two humans at once. And, like, why would the girls have split up? So it's not like those animals could have killed them if, if anything possibly, like, afterwards like after they had passed maybe there was like a scavenger but even then like what there kind of been like, like the amount of force that you'd need in order to break it into pieces well and then there would be like 
bite marks, gouge marks exactly. on the bones. Exactly. And there were... There and they not. don't know how to use bleach, so... <laughs> They're very dirty, those animals. <laughs> in the jungle. Dirty, dirty animal. Filthy animal. It's plausible that during the ten days that the... Um, that the girls were presumed alive and just lost, that they couldn't find water, they ran out of food, that was safe. They got confused, they weren't thinking logically, they got injured, they died. Yeah, it's difficult terrain. Maybe you trip and fall and break something. Look, yeah. I'm clumsy. I, goodbye. I trip and fall up the stairs, so. But here's the thing. Mm. Even if one or both of these women suffered a fatal accident further up the river from where their remains were found. Corpses that travel downstream in a river, they don't break up that aggressively. Yeah. Also, corpses float. Yep. Because of the gas. Yep. That happens when your body is, like, not a body anymore. Um... So, no. Like, I feel like the only time in water that your body is going to get that messed up is it's, like, over a waterfall and then into, like, rapids. But that was not the case. Even so, yeah. Again, our buddy gets deep into weather patterns, amount of rain, water levels, all these things. So, probably not. Another theory related to, like, in the accident umbrella is that one of the friends... Possibly got injured. So the other one left to go get help. And got lost. However. I'd like to point out. That the rice paddy. Close to where the blue backpack was found. Is a sign of civilization. You're in the middle of the jungle. And then suddenly there's like this flat. Lovely area. Yeah. People are around. The village was not that far away. So like you could have. Figured something out. Like, even if you don't know the language, you can still flag somebody down and be like, I need, I need help. Like, I feel yeah. like there's a, there's a universal tone for help well, especially me, especially if you're, you've been in the woods for 10 days, or the yeah. jungle for 10 days. And they also probably be like, white girl, what are you doing here? <laughs> Rita, what's up? <laughs> if the backpack was left by one of our missing hikers, Emma, they would have gone to get help. Like, they were... So close. Yeah. It would you know, it's have not been like, left there. And, well, and it was like, the backpack was placed on a rock. It's not like, oh, they like yeeted it across the river and it ended up on a rock and like they couldn't get across the river. Yeah. And like they waited to see if someone came and then they gave up. Like, no. So that implies that the backpack was left by someone else. Are you okay? Yes, I just, I've... You wanna... I just wanna know. Well... This is not the nature of our podcast. It truly isn't. So, the other major theory is that someone, or someones, were pursuing the women with the intent to harm them. So, like we said before, the nighttime photos with the flash... General consensus is that they were lost in the jungle at night and they were trying to see. However, some speculate that they could have been in danger at this point. Maybe they were being followed. Maybe they were trying to 
capture their attacker or their pursuer on the camera. Like I mentioned before, some people believe you can see blood on the back of Chris's head in the one photograph. And maybe that photo is some sort of twisted trophy or record keeping. Mm. Maybe she's not alive in that photo. Some believe that the girls are not alive in those any of the photos that night. Because other than the one of the back of her head, neither woman is present in either photo. That seems weird to me because even if you're like in distress, if you are lucid enough to be, like even if you're just using it as a flash, you're lucid enough to be pressing that button down enough times to, to capture 90 photos only one of which has your friend in it, you would at some point get somebody's shoulder, get someone's knee, get someone's right. top of their head. Even if the person with the... Like, even if Lisanne is in front because they're using the flash to guide yeah. them. Someone also pointed out that if they just are lost and starving and it was all an unfortunate accident, there are no, like, goodbye... No. Messages, no final photos, which I feel like if you, like, the, the guy from Into the Wild, he wrote, he wrote yeah. a diary. Exactly. Saying, like, I don't think I'm going to make it out of here, etc., etc. So I just think it's... It doesn't seem to follow, especially if they're texting their parents every day. Like, their parents are in constant contact. They're so excited to be together in this place. Like, if you are that kind of person who, like, you have a connection with other people and deep connections with other people, even if you're in distress, if you think that you're going to die, like, there would be no part of you that would be like, I absolutely can't take a photo of myself. Like, I would, if I were in that position, I'd be like, you know what? Here's a picture of me. Maybe that's narcissistic. Yeah, you and but... I would be like, does this thing have video? Play it on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> the final episode. Dun, 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 dun. I did see a thing on Instagram, which I don't know if it's true. So. Okay. Bag of salt. Write in if, you're, if I'm wrong. But someone posted that... It does not require any signal, cell phone signal, to change your voicemail. So if you're ever in like a sketchy situation, but you don't have um, reception, log in, change your little voicemails, just telling where you are, any any people that are, Ooh. and then you know. Well, that makes sense because it's like saved on your phone, right? Because it's when people call you, right? Like I don't know how all of that. Yeah, I don't know how if it gets uploaded. I yeah. don't know, but I was like, huh, go file that away, like. You know, if you're able to, like, run into a gas station bathroom and, like, record it or something. Yeah. Don't get murdered. Okay. Remember those daytime photos that I said were kind of maybe suspicious and I said we'd come back to it? Yeah. Lucky for you, I did. (laughs) So, this is a quote from the Lost Media Wiki. It's kind of long, so bear with me. Quote, There is heavy suspicion within the online community surrounding the case that this batch of photos have been doctored 
in Photoshop or something similar and or have had their respective EXIF paths tampered with due to things like images where the scale on certain parts of the person in said photos looks off, as well as conflicting EXIF data with revelations such as the, quote, fact that two photos were apparently taken within only seconds of each other, when in reality, it would have taken the girls longer to move to the next spot, pose, and then take the next photo. Or that one of the numbered images was apparently taken after the one that succeeded it. I.e., according to the EXIF data, image 507 was taken 50 seconds after image 508. So time travel is always an option. But... It feels unnecessary for you to take a photo and then time travel to take another photo. Yeah. That's my only reasoning for that. Yep. <laughs> so I am not a computer person, but that seems sketchy. Something well, has been messed with. Yeah. With the daytime photos, not even the creepy nighttime photos. Yeah. So my mom is a photographer and she like has a crap ton of photos everywhere, like, on all these external hard drives and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty aware of the data that goes, like, the metadata that goes into a photograph. What I find weird is that it is still on the camera. Like, the, it's, it's the SIM card that is being used that all of this metadata is mixed up and weird and there's a photo missing. So it's obvious to me that someone has taken that off and either it was the person who took them slash murdered them, or it was a naughty police officer. Either way, somebody messed with it, having taking it, taken it out of the camera and putting it back in to be found. Ugh! So frustrating. Some people also think, like I said before, that the girls that the women were dead when the nighttime photos were taken and that that was just basically staged to make it look like they were using the flash to make it seem like they were alive for longer than maybe they actually were. But anyway. That also feels weird to me though because of where we find, like what state of decomposition we find Lizanne's like mm -hmm. body or not a body, pieces. Her foot. And then I have a quote from Octavio Calderon. Okay. Who's a criminologist. Quote, two bones from two different parts of the body from two people never end up together on a sandbar. This shows that someone placed them there. There's no other reason. Whoa. So the fact that you know, the police, the authorities are trying to claim there was an accident and then they ended up like near the water, in the water, and that's how their bones ended up alongside the river. This guy's like, no, <laughs> not. Octavio is not buying it. The author of the website Imperfect Plan actually constructed a Google Earth map that shows you all of the, the pinpoints of all these. So it shows you where 
the boot was found, where the backpack was found, where they were supposedly going hiking. This dude is unstoppable. Truly. I think he also has like a normal job, which I was tired doing this last night. And I was like, how? I'm just trying to summarize your research for my podcast. Like truly. But I'm going to try to include a screenshot of that in the Instagram photos. But there is a direct link to the Google Earth thing in the show notes. Okay. So check it out. But it truly helps. Like I'm a visual learner and it shows you like where they were said to have supposed to be hiking where the search areas happen and it's just so widespread all right so emma you've alluded to this idea a couple times but some people believe that one or both of the women was held captive for some amount of time yeah if you believe that azul the dog did in fact accompany them on their hike Despite the fact that he does not appear even in part in any of the daytime photos, it seems unlikely that he would return unless the women were taken somewhere that he could not go with them, like a car or a building. Because dogs, pretty loyal. Yeah. Even if there's, you know. And most dogs get serious FOMO. Like, they were like, what are you doing? What's going on? I want to know. Also, they pointed out one of these sources, that if this, like, accident river theory was real, perhaps the dog would have been, like, wet when it got home from, like, trying to, like, get in the water to, like, help them or even just on the shore, like, barking at them. Yeah. (laughs) Imperfect plan is, like, I don't believe the dog was with them, but, like, it shows up in every story, which I feel like this happens a lot when we do research for cases, but the... So many of these articles are very similar, especially in, like, the setup of the case. I'm like, y'all just... Y'all literally copied Y'all just copied from each other. (laughs) Like, come on. Get a thesaurus. Figure it out. Okay. But so, that's argument one. Like, or evidence piece one in favor of this theory of the captive captivity. That the dog would not have just, like, been like, all right, peace. I'm gonna go home. Maybe the dog is just a jerk. We don't know. This fact gave me chills when I read it. During the 11 days during which their electronics were used, they never attempted to make phone calls outside of business hours, which suggests that they were being held captive and were trying to use the phones while their captor was at work. That's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying. Shall I keep going? Yeah. The backpack, as previously discussed, was found in near-perfect condition, as well as everything inside, with no signs of mold. Which is a near impossibility in the tropical rainforest climate that is in Panama. Like, no, you've been out, and at the at the point that the backpack was found, that was like 10 weeks after they went yeah. missing. So, weird. You're going to hate this. <laughs> uh, so, the differing states of decomposition suggest not only a differing timeline for each victim, but potentially something more sinister. 
One of the investigators hypothesized that the early states of decomposition displayed on Lazan's remains may indicate the use of some sort of cooling source. So, there seems to be a lot of evidence that they were held captive in some capacity. I do not like this. I knew none of this. That's the end of that section, if that helps at all. So another theory is that some sort of, I mean, this could be go along with the previous one, but Mm. the idea of local involvement. So one theory is indigenous tribe people. So some armchair researchers believe that the haphazard nature of the nighttime photos, because the fact that None of them are really focused or on anything in particular. They're just kind of all over the place. So they think that this actually reflects the fact that someone was attempting to use the camera that had never, like, seen a camera before or, like, used technology. Hmm. So implying that it was potentially a member of a local indigenous tribe. In one of the final daytime photos, photo 505, it could be argued that Chris is standing under or in front of some sort of man-made structure. I will put a detailed version on Instagram. But the theory goes, in their hiking, like, maybe they disturbed somebody. And the theory goes it could have been some sort of, like, I wrote either local ne'er-do-wells or indigenous peoples. So, on the topic of tribes, local indigenous tribes. As recently as January of 2020, nine indigenous people were arrested for involvement regarding a mass grave containing the remains of a pregnant woman and six children. Whoa. An additional 15 people were rescued from a similar fate by authorities. According to the survivors, which, grain of salt, because this gave very, like, it it was kind of summarizing events within the context of this larger article. I didn't read, like, an in-depth article about this specific case. So, grain of salt, because I don't know if you speak the same language, if anything like that. But according to the survivors... The ritualistic murders were being performed in the name of making victims, quote, repent for their sins. I know. You're raising your hand. You are confused because indigenous peoples, Christianity, what's going on? There was some sort of illusion of, like, uh, missionaries had, like, come through with, like, very fundamentalist beliefs and maybe the tribes had taken not the full picture Kind of. Like I said, don't have the full details. This group of indigenous people used machetes to dismember their victims. Perhaps this is why the large bones of Lizanne and Chris were never found. Because potentially the large large bones had obvious cut marks from machetes on them, so they were buried or hidden away in a different location. That feels like you know the implications Therefore, do know that it's wrong. But then why would you leave the pieces that 
don't have cut marks, why not bury all of them? There seems no rhyme or reason for that. Look, Emma. I know. I am not a murderer. (laughs) So. I'm so glad. I can't speak to the thought process. I know. I know. I'm so glad to know that you're not a murderer, man. Nope. Great. I'm not a murderer either. Great. Let the record reflect. (laughs) Not murderers, not killers of any sort. I feel... Speak for yourself. I kill a (laughs) breadbasket. I was going to say, I feel guilt every time I accidentally kill kill a fly. Did I say, I said bread brasket. Bread brasket. Every time I kill a bread brasket. I turned into Penny for a second. Sorry. <laughs> the voice we give my dog. Uh, okay. Final theory, Emma. Okay. You asked me mm-hmm. if Panama has a mafia. The answer is yes, but no. Like, they don't call it a mafia, but there are gangs. Yeah. Organized Um, crime. Organized criminals. Yes. And not in the, like, they went to Office Depot and did their school shopping and now they're very organized. It's not... No. Not that. Um, They're not that kind of organized criminal. Yeah, the joke is even funnier when you explain it (laughs) twice. I find it funny. So my brain is like, keep going. Dad. Uh, but so, generally speaking, gang violence is pretty prevalent in Central America, including in Panama. More specifically, however, a photo of two foreigners, which is how the article said it, aka two white girls, a brunette and a redhead, possibly Chris and Lisanne showed up on the phone of a drowned gang member only four days after the girls disappeared. Okay. mm. But as I said, gang violence is very prevalent, and perhaps gang involvement may have pressured local authorities to not look too closely, despite the fact that this case had international attention. But, unfortunately, it's unlikely that we will ever get clear answers on this case, largely due to police mishandling. Evidence collection procedures were poor if they were followed at all. Locals often disrupted the investigation sites, aka, example, the folded jean shorts that were supposedly found. Many pieces of evidence were not followed up on, such as apparently there were fingerprints. Didn't say where. I didn't see. And the case was closed, even though there were questions that definitely could have been, if not answered, at least explored a little bit more. And finally, communication with the public was subpar. Like, no information was made directly available to the public, not getting any help in that case. Additionally, in addition to all this police mishandling, potential gang involvement, both Lisanne and Chris's families have chosen to accept the conclusion that there was some sort of terrible hiking accident and therefore don't, they aren't interested in getting the case reopened, which I can understand. Yeah, I completely get that. Given that 
the full truth may involve your children experiencing very traumatic things before they died in a terrible way. So I totally get that. But from a, from a wanting to get answers standpoint, it's frustrating because not only do you have a lack of government pressure, but you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease basically, you know, in cases where parents are like, no, my baby girl is out there somewhere, my, you know, something bad happened to them. Whoever did this to them needs to pay. You know, there's more, there's some pressure. Yeah. I mean, I would say there is a fair amount of public interest. Not I pressure, mean, because, this, hi, we don't have any influence over the government of Panama. Yeah. Um, but, like, well, just this guy and the people in his comment section who are, like, donating to his trip so he can go and, and look into things. Um, but, yeah, if you're interested in this case, highly recommend Imperfect Plan. There are some other, some other helpful... Um, Sources in the show notes, but those are the main ones that I found extremely in-depth, extremely helpful. There's also tons of, like, YouTube documentaries and things that I did not have the time to get into last night, but there's definitely a lot about this case. Yeah. And, like I said at the top, I don't think the previous podcast went this far in-depth, but the story stuck with me. Like, this has been on my list since we started this podcast of, like, what happened to them? And just, I think the thing, it's just so creepy, like, the the fact that we have a timeline of, like, the phones and and the photos, and it's all just... There is data. We do have evidence. We do have solid, like, none of it's circumstantial. Mm -hmm. It's all, like, it's all very much, like... This is the digital evidence that we have. Granted, it can be tampered with as evidenced by the camera, but Mm -hmm. even that is evidence in itself. So, like, that's I completely understand the parents' standpoint of, like, you know, we're going to accept that it was a hiking accident, but in my brain, if I were the parent, I think I would be in that camp of, like, I just, regardless of how painful it would be for me, the amount of pain that my child went through is incomparable. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I need to bring justice to their name. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of, like, viewpoint I'm sitting at. However, I do not blame. There is no shame on these parents whatsoever to make they made that choice and that is probably the it's probably the best for them especially for the fact that they're so far away from where their girls passed Mm -hmm. like it's not like they were murdered by someone in your community or like even in like the next city over or anything like that they were in a completely different country staying with strangers and basically disappeared into the forest into the jungle and i i can completely get the you know what it was an accident yeah oh so well done thanks <laughs> in a slightly uh, lighter mood do you want to know the fake um like the placeholder title i put on the spreadsheet yes i put team indoors forever <laughs> 
Like, good luck getting me to go hiking. Ever. Ever again. I'm only going to go in a group of, like, ten. Yeah. With two experienced guides that have logged where we're supposed to be. And a phone bank. I got a tracker. And someone else's. And the code to someone else's phone. Yes. <laughs> Shannon is prepared. I'm. <laughs> but then, like, it would just be low blood sugar to take me out. <laughs> no murderers. You get to you get to heaven. How did you die? Oh, freaking low blood sugar. The sound just follows me. Oh god. Oh my gosh, that's a nightmare. If I that if I that I end up in hell. That's what happens. That's my yeah. CGM just going off. Like, oh god, no. It's just me. I'm like exhausted, but every time I'm about to like fall asleep it goes off oh god that's, terrible that's hades that's like all right you're well, going through thing, a, i'm not a murderer is right i'm a generally good person i like yeah. to think yeah i'm a hufflepuff uh but yeah team indoors forever my dude i feel that you're an indoor cat well yep all i have to say i'm sorry <laughs> but payback's a witch yeah <laughs> If you guys haven't noticed, we don't swear on this podcast. So every time Shannon says witch to me, it makes me giggle. Look, uh, at some point we decided, actually, no, real talk. I decided. <laughs> real talk. I think we, like, had a brief discussion of, like, okay, we're discussing some very, like, adult, scary things, like, Maybe that's enough. We don't need to take it to the yeah. next the, the next level with swearing. But that's not it, guys. It's because Emma's in-laws listen to this podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank, thank you for your emails and your comments. We appreciate it very much. I might have, like, cried a little bit when Emma shared some of them with me. So, yeah. That includes my brothers and sisters-in-law, not just my oh, yeah. parents-in-law. Yeah, the whole fam. The whole, the whole fam. The fam of lamb. Yeah. The fam of ham. Oh, oh, oh. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that needs to be a new hashtag. <laughs> hashtag fam of ham. Fam of ham. <laughs> Let us know, Todd, what your thoughts are. Pater. 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 Any closing remarks? Uh, just team indoors forever. I, I, can, I can fully support you in that. Thank you. You're welcome. And remember... This podcast doesn't exist. Ooh, crisp tea. As opposed to a crisp rat. <gasps> <laughs> I gotta go. Bye.